the New York Jets select. Welcome to another episode of NFL Draft Preview. The Super Bowl is behind us, which means we have to look ahead to the NFL Draft. Obviously, that's what Dane does all the time. I like the draft a lot, too. But now that the Super Bowl is behind us, you know, everyone's jumping on board. And before we talk about the linebackers, we're going to start hitting these position previews. Dane, perhaps the most important question, what is your go-to Super Bowl snack? Like, if, if you were to create a spread, what, what are you putting out there that you think everybody needs to have? And is there something that's like you're really anti? That's a great question. Um, no, I mean, not anti anything, I would say, but it, I think it becomes, do you want to focus on one thing or do you want to have a, just a smorgasbord <laughs> of, you know, hit all the, the main food groups, you know, wings, pizza, dips, the, the main food groups, obviously. Uh, so, you know, I think I think you want a little bit of every, something for everybody. Uh, if you can, maybe put a brisket on the smoker. Uh, you know, get that going a little bit, get, get the, the aroma going as well, get some takeout, you know, support the local businesses as well. So yeah, I think it's anything and everything. Uh, if you're having people over, maybe have everyone bring a little side as well. So, you know, it's everyone kind of gets involved. Uh, yeah, make it, make it a whole big thing. Yeah. I love that answer. That was a, that was a fantastic answer. The real question is, I know, I know you have a, you have a smoker at home, right? Is it too cold to be smoking the brisket or like you're going to just muscle it up for a couple hours? It is a little cold uh, here in the northern part of uh, the country, uh, but you know what? I, I think you, you there's different ways to combat that. Whether you you know kind of keep it inside the garage just a little bit, or uh, you know wrap it a little bit with the you know a thermal blanket type of deal that they make for those smokers. So there's ways around it, um, but it does make it a little more difficult controlling that fire, keeping it healthy, and uh, that that can always be a, a struggle this time of year. You know, if you were hosting and I was invited and I needed to bring something, I'm bringing pigs in a blanket and buffalo chicken dip. Because those, to me, the finger foods, the chips, their dips, they're like a little meatier than just like chips and guacamole. So, right. and I do like chips and guacamole, but pigs in a blanket to me are like, are one of my favorites. And then buffalo chicken dip. I mean, what what don't what could you not like about buffalo chicken dip, right? Like yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're on the, you know, you're invited next year uh, over here for sure. Uh, <laughs> that, that'll fit nicely right next to the queso and with everything else. Yeah. Perfect. You come on over. What does that, uh, what does Jax try to get his paws on? Huh? Everything, whatever, whatever he can. I think the best <laughs> Jack's, you know, we have newborn twins at home. They're, they're seven months old now. Um, and so uh, he, he's a little bummed because there's more, you know, uh, attention taken away from him. But they're starting to sit in their car or in their high chairs and kind of shrug off food off the top of the, the high chairs. And so he's loving that. So it's a little bit of, uh, you know, take what you can get with for him right now. <laughs> OK. All right. Fair enough. Well, let's move on to some football here. We're talking about the linebacker position and you just released your updated top 100 on the athletic. Check mm -hmm. out the full scope and. Number seven overall is your first linebacker in Devin Lloyd out of Utah. We've talked a little bit about him. He was supposed to go to the senior bowl, ended up not playing and practicing that week. But linebacker, when you look at your updated top 100, seems to be a pretty deep position as well, right? No doubt about it. I think there were maybe three positions who had uh, that, that had double-digit uh, players on the top 100 board. And linebacker was one of them. There's no doubt it's one of the best positions this draft, both with what you can get in the first round 
And then also second, third, fourth round. It's a really deep group this year. And different types of linebackers, you know, as we know, uh, different linebackers play different positions or has to do different things, different roles on a defense. And I, starting with Devin Lloyd, what you love about him is he could do almost everything. Uh, you know, he's got five interceptions in his career. Three of them he just returned for touchdowns. Last year he led uh, Utah in tackles, tackles for loss, interceptions. He was the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year over his career. So the last four years, he's got 43 tackles for loss. Uh, he had 22 just last year. Uh, you know, I think he was second behind only Will Anderson. And there's no uh, shame in finishing second to Will Anderson, the uh, terrific Alabama pass rusher in anything. So Devin Lloyd is a fantastic prospect. Uh, he has a lot of the athletic traits you want. He can accelerate. He can close. He can drop in space. Uh, he can take on blocks. He's very good at leveraging the point of attack. Uh, and then he's a very uh, smart player. The coaches just talk him up about the intangibles, how much he works in the film room. Uh, there's just so much that when you – what you look for a linebacker, it's just checking the box with Devin Lloyd. So I would not be surprised if he's off the off the board somewhere in the first 10 picks uh, come draft day. Yeah, it seems like Devin Lloyd is uh, a prototype of a modern-day linebacker, what a lot of teams are looking for. But can you talk about as an uh, – from an evaluator standpoint, balancing taking a player like Devin Lloyd, let's say in the top 10, top 15 picks, or trying to wait till later in the draft where you said there is good depth in day two, potentially day three. So how do you balance taking a talent like Devin Lloyd or waiting till later in the draft and addressing different positions early on? Yeah, it's something that teams will be debating in war rooms, uh, you know, at different positions, you know, wide receiver, same type of thing. Do we take uh, the wide receiver uh, early, uh, or do we wait because we know we can get a quality player second, third round? Uh, you look at the Bengals, you know, who were just in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, a couple years ago, they decided uh, to wait until the second round to get their wide receiver, and they got T. Higgins. Last year, they decided to go wide receiver in the first round and pass on offensive line, and they got Jamar Chase. And even though they do need offensive line help, they're not in the Super Bowl without Jamar Chase. So it can work both ways uh, with, with how you attack. And I think it really comes down to looking at the top 10, making sure that you are getting an impact player. Um, and, and so different teams are going to evaluate positions differently in terms of their importance on the roster. For some teams, the linebacker, it might be not as important for other schemes. And so I think it just really depends on the certain, the specific scheme, the coaches, and exactly what they're looking for at that position. All right, moving on to another top 20 prospect on your updated top 100 he is number 20 nicobe dean out of georgia felt like he really made a i don't want to say he went viral but there were definitely a lot of clips going viral on twitter of his iq when georgia was playing in the national championship the semi-final as well you call him jonathan vilma 2.0 why do you think that and what kind of player is nicobe dean yeah, he is the rare double Butkus Award winner. Uh, he was the nation's top linebacker in high school, won the Butkus Award, and then won it this past year as a junior uh, at Georgia. And he was the leader of uh, the national champions this year. Uh, he does, you know, just looking at him, he's not necessarily impressive just from a size length standpoint. And he's going to get beat up. Just wait for the combine when those arms don't come in at uh, you know over 32 inches. He's going to get beat up a little bit. But he has, between the ears, what you're looking for, and then the athletic uh, ability, the closing speed, uh, it just jumps off the screen when you watch him. That explosive trigger that he has, he beats blockers to the point. Uh, he does take a false step here or there, but he's so fluid that he can correct it, uh, it very, very, very quickly. 
Uh, he's a skilled blitzer. He attacks those A gaps with a lot of force. Um, and, you know, like I said, the intelligence, you just, you can't really, that's something that we don't necessarily have a, a metric for at the combine, but he was a 4-3 uh, GPA guy in high school, 3-5-5 GPA in mechanical engineering at Georgia. And just watching him play, you can tell that he sees things so quickly and he's able to react uh, that the key read flow skills are outstanding with him. So uh, he can impact the run. He can impact the pass because the size you worry just a little bit. And that's why he's not a no brainer top 10, top 15 prospect for me, but still a very solid first round pick. So you compare him to Jonathan Vilma. Uh, this is probably recency bias, but have you heard of comparisons or can you see the comparison that let's say, between him and Roquan Smith, another Georgia linebacker, Nakobe Dean, you have him at 6'0, 225. A quick Google search has Roquan Smith at 6'1, 229. Are there any mm -hmm. similarities there between those two guys? Yeah, I think you can certainly make those, uh, draw those comparisons because uh, the size isn't great. It's not what makes him, you know, these guys special players. It's their ability to key and diagnose. It's their ability to play fast, trust what their eyes are telling them, and then go make make something happen. Um, and, and I think that's what you see with both these players. Uh, Dean's just a little bit smaller. It'll be really interesting to get the exact measurements at the combine, and that's something when you talk about take on skills and getting off blocks. It's a lot tougher when you go to the NFL and guys are just bigger, stronger, and a little bit quicker. So for me, that's where a little bit of the disconnect is. But still, we've got an athletic pursuit player, Dean. The perimeter speed's awesome. And you saw see a lot of the same things with Roquan Smith, and that's why it made him a, a top 10 pick in that draft. Also, Jets fans hearing that N'Kobe Dean is Jonathan Vilma, they must love that because Jonathan Vilma was a great player for the Jets from a very early part in his career. But it, that Georgia linebacker room is more than just N'Kobe Dean, and I feel like we got to talk about that because you also have other guys in your top 100 that you think even top 50, like a guy like Quay Walker. So what, first of all, that room is ridiculous, right? Between Dean and the other guys that are top 100 on your list. Second of all, what do the other guys bring to the table? What, who, and who are they for fans who don't know? Uh, yeah, the two other Georgia linebackers in my top 100, uh, starting with Quay Walker, he played the money position in that Georgia defense, which is a very, you know, aptly named position for him because he was money all year and really just a, a one-year starter. And that's something that is a theme with the Georgia defense. They're so loaded. It's so such a deep roster. You know, we talked about Jermaine Johnson before, how he had to transfer to Florida State for him to truly blossom uh, just to get on the field more. Quay Walker, he's a, he's a first-year starter this past year. Uh, saw a little bit of action in past years, but not really until this year did he become a full-time starter. He looks like a defensive end with that size, uh, almost 6'4", 250 pounds. Uh, you know, he's, he was a key piece of that Georgia defense this year. You see uh, the twitch with how he moves. You see the movement skills. Uh, very good versus the run. He's got the length to him. We talk about taking on blocks. Uh, the length also helps him as a tackler. Uh, he can lasso the ball carrier that looks like it's out of his reach, but he can still make a play. Uh, again, he doesn't have the resume of a playmaker necessarily. The stats don't just jump out at you, but the tape does. Uh, I think he's got a high batting average as a tackler. The traits are awesome. The trajectory of where he is, I think his best falls ahead of him. So uh, from an instinctual standpoint, still developing in areas, but uh, you know, aces the eye test. He's got an exceptional combination of size, length, athleticism. Um, I think he could be a true four-down linebacker in the NFL. And then Channing Tindall, the other Georgia linebacker who made uh, my top 100. I have a solid third-round grade on him. 
another guy who a little late in terms of just getting full-time reps, wasn't even a full-time starter this past year, but another guy that has size and has speed and just has a, a nasty attitude to make plays. And so uh, Channing Tintel is the type of guy that's going to come in, play special teams from day one, and gradually see that defensive snap count go higher and higher as he gets acclimated to an NFL defense. You know, we've talked about a handful of guys so far. Is there anybody among the guys that we've talked about that you think fits what the Jets want to do more than the other? And when you think about the Jets linebackers, obviously you think about the two guys they drafted last year as safeties, converted them to linebackers. That's Jamie Sherwood, Hamza Nasruddin, both long-armed, long players. The Jets like speed. Quincy Williams, who is on the Jets, another former safety he transitioned a linebacker in college, so that's obviously a trend that for the Jets, not necessarily they need to be because C.J. Mosley had a career year, but he's another long player. So with that being said, knowing who who we've talked about and where the Jets pick, whether that's rounds one through three at this point, is there a player that you like to fit the green and white more than others? Well, I think starting with Devin Lloyd, I, I think we have to mention him just because uh, he he's a guy that at pick number 10 should be heavily considered with what he offers, how he could impact it. Another former safety, he was a safety in high school. Um, and, and so I think there's a lot of, you know, what the Jets could, you know, looking for a defensive playmaker, Devin Lloyd fits a lot of what they're looking for. If they wait until, say, the third round, uh, a guy we've talked about before, Troy Anderson from Montana State. Uh, who was a little bit of a, a do-everything type of guy uh, at, your, at Montana State. Uh, played his first year at running back, then moved to quarterback, then uh, moved to linebacker. He's only had, he only has two years of linebacker experience, but when you look at the size, the speed, uh, his ability to uh, recover and make plays, uh, he, there's, there's so much untapped ability here. Talk about large-framed, long-limbed, uh, moves with bounce in his steps, the, the lateral movement, the pursuit speed. Uh, it's just very, uh, very appealing and attractive to how he plays the game, the athleticism. And another guy you think his best football is ahead of him because he only has two years of full-time experience uh, as a linebacker. So uh, another player, the production's outstanding, needs to get better in coverage, and I think he will as he, uh, you know, learns and develops some more. But I, I, talking about third round, you could do a lot worse than Troy Anderson. Also, Troy Anderson, that, that was a senior bowl guy on the national team, so the Jets know about him. I, I got to bring up this another guy that was on the national team just because of his name, and he's a pretty good player too, according to your top 100. Chad Muma, first of all, great name. Might be my favorite name among the linebackers in, in the draft so far. I, I know that as we continue to do the podcast, there's going to be some great names. Like, isn't Smoke Monday a prospect? Smoke yeah, Monday? I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, well, what, what, I, I don't know if the – I don't know if, you know, for a DB, because you don't want to get smoked as a DB. So, you know, I could go either way. But, yeah, we've got some good names this year. Yeah, I feel like in as it pertains to Smoke Monday, that's a great – I never thought about it that way. I always just thought, like, you know, you lay the yeah. lumber, right? You're Smoke Monday. Sure. But I feel like that's the nature of a defensive back. Sometimes you get the best of the receiver or the playmaker, and sometimes it's the other way around. No, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah, we, we've got we've got some good ones that, you know, might have to double check the pronunciation just to make sure we have it right. But Chad, Chad Buma is definitely a good one. And, hey, hey, you know, what? another former safety. He was actually recruited as a safety, played high, uh, safety in high school, uh, goes to Wyoming, not highly recruited. And they move him to linebacker. And, you know, the rest is history. And we saw 
Uh, you know, Logan Wilson uh, played linebacker in the Super Bowl for the Bengals, who had a pretty good game, even though uh, he had that penalty late in the game, uh, or, you know, cold penalty at least. Um, but Chad Muma, uh, talk to Wyoming coaches, they think Muma can be even better uh, than, than Logan Wilson, who was, uh, he, Chad Muma was Logan Wilson's backup for two, his first two years. Uh, and then when Muma became the starter, just the stat sheet just filled up. Uh, this past year, 142 tackles, he had three interceptions. Uh, he runs really well in the open field, puts himself in position to make plays. The football IQ is off the charts. The competitiveness is outstanding. Uh, he just has a lot. He doesn't have any major deficiencies as a prospect. You, maybe you wish he was a little bit uh, tougher at the point of attack in terms of just taking on blocks and uh, you know things like that. But uh, high-energy tackling machine, excellent play speed, uh, awareness to always be around the football. And it's, not, it's not a coincidence that he is. So, you know, NFL teams love guys like Chad Muma who can be productive, uh, he can run really well, and then the, the intangibles are off the charts. Uh, I, I think at worst, you know, you've got a sub-package linebacker and a, a, a big-time special teams player, but he can be more than that. He, he can be an every-down type of guy. You know, if we could rewind on this podcast, I would, because did Dane just kind of call out the NFL officiating there? Did that happen? <laughs> no, I just, it, he was called, <laughs> he was called for a penalty. That's, you know, leave, leave it at that. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. That's a good way to put it. But talking about Chad Muma, I mean, you've often told me throughout the years that, that evaluators want to bet on traits. For a guy like Muma, you said he doesn't have any deficiencies, but is he kind of missing some of the athletic traits that, Maybe you see in other linebackers or just other players to really try to bet on and uh, curate almost when he gets drafted. No, I mean I think he's going to run well. I, I really do. Um, I, I think that he doesn't always play as big as his size, and, and so you know, like I said, the take on skills he could be a little late shedding off blocks. Um, so you want to see him do a little bit better job with his hands because uh, he doesn't have those long arms. So he needs to be really on point with his technique. Uh, in his hand use. Um, I, I think he's a, he's, he runs really well. Uh, his redirect, his change of directions, okay, not great. Um, but, so I don't think, again, any major deficiencies here, but he's probably not going to be, uh, you know, the top tester of the three-cone or some of these uh, drills. But I do think he should have a good 40-year cash in his size. All right, another guy that I want to talk about. Just I kind of want you to give us the book on this, guys. Christian Harris out of Alabama. Hmm. Just feel like Alabama players – I feel like when you talk to different people, you kind of get twofold here. One is a lot of tread on the tires, but on the other side of that is usually they know what they're doing. They're always usually in a good position to make a play and they're very smart. And coming from Alabama, you know what kind of program is run down there. So you kind of know what you're getting. So what is the book on Christian Harris? Well, there's a theme here uh, with, you know, high school safeties moving to linebacker and Christian Harris, same type of thing. Um, and I tell you what, it, for a guy that wasn't a true linebacker coming into that program, uh, coming from Baton Rouge, spurned LSU, uh, his hometown LSU to go to Alabama, uh, he called it strictly a business move. Um, for a guy that was a wide receiver and defensive back, played corner and safety in high school, he goes to Tuscaloosa and he starts at linebacker as a true freshman. That says something about uh, his football IQ. It says something about his coachable attitude that he could come in and make that type of impact. Uh, he played the will linebacker role in Saban's scheme, uh, started 40 the last 41 games, really has a multidimensional skill set because he can drop in coverage. He can get downhill versus a run. He'll make plays in the backfield as a blitzer. I think he has a really good feel for play direction. 
Um, now there, there's some, I've, you can still see he's working through some things and just in terms of his trigger. And so you want to see that speed up a little bit. Um, and I think the more his, the football he sees, the more he plays, that'll continue to get better. Um, and, and just in terms of leveraging gaps and being on time. But this is a guy that's a versatile athlete. Uh, the play speed and tangibles are awesome. Uh, I think he's going to be a dependable NFL starter. So still developing in some areas, but I like the, the ceiling that he offers and the fact that he could be a scheme-diverse three-down player. All right, one more guy I want to ask you about before we kind of just talk generally here. Oklahoma linebacker, and I'm going to try to pronounce his name properly, Brian Asamoah. How is that? You can practice it. Okay, all right. Brian Asamoah, let's ride. Uh, I feel like... He's a, he's a guy in the senior bowl who, when you just look at him physically, I mean, he's pretty rocked up for a linebacker, even though he might be a little smaller. So what kind of player is he, and does he fit potentially what the Jets want in an athletic linebacker who's kind of long-limbed? Yeah, you know, Columbus, Ohio native, who uh, didn't get that Ohio State uh, 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 scholarship offer. And so I think he's always had that chip on his shoulder. Goes down to Norman for, for, to uh, go play for Oklahoma and led the team in tackles. He was uh, an all Big 12 player down there, big time, uh, you know, impact guy on that defense. And, you know, with him, I, I think you see the speed. You see a guy that doesn't have necessarily the frame you look for, but he has length, and that helps him, uh, you know, work off blocks, play downhill, uh, play outside the numbers. Um, I think, you know, there's, it, there's a lot of things you like about him at the second level. Uh, I think he's a second level ninja meaning he can avoid those blockers and keep his eyes locked on the football, make plays, uh, comes to balance as an open field tackler. So not going to pile up those missed tackles. He's got strong hands to finish. So I think there's a lot of things, uh, again, with a, a linebacker like this, that if you are okay with uh, the lack of size uh, and the lack of ideal play strength, uh, but you focus on the sideline to sideline speeds, you, you focus on the dependable tackling, you focus on his upside and coverage, that you're really going to like Brian Asamoah and what he could uh, be in your defense. You know, you mentioned the the height weight. So I was just curious, Quincy Williams, who had a career year with the Jets, 5'11", 225. And Brian Asamoah, just as an example, because we were talking about him, 6'0", 222. So mm -hmm. potentially he fits the bill, what the Jets want in their linebackers, at least from a frame perspective. Obviously, we'll see the official height and weight and the length and everything in what I guess March or February, depending on what day the linebackers weigh in, 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 in Indianapolis, that's a tongue twister in Indianapolis. So let me ask you this, Dane, who's got the most to prove, not necessarily in Indy, but throughout the draft process, is there a linebacker that you think has more to prove than the others? Um, you know, I think there were a few linebackers that just missed my top 100. Um, and so I think, you know, for those guys, it's showing that, Hey, uh, you made a mistake. You know, I belong in that top 100. So talking about Jojo Doman from Nebraska, who another former safety moves the linebacker, and they really played him as a as a nickel defender in that Cornhuskers defense where he's dropping in space. He's covering the slot receiver. Um, I, I thought that his senior bowl was a little up and down in terms of covering out of the backfield, uh, co covering the running backs out of the backfield, but he has a lot of ability. And so teams looking for that hybrid nickel defender, Jojo Doman could end up being – a, a top 100 pick. And then maybe the most, uh, the toughest guy to figure out among all these linebackers is Brandon Smith from Penn State. And I promise you, we're going to hear Brandon Smith's name a lot at the combine because he's going to blow it up. Uh, for his size, I mean, he looks almost like a defensive end. 
He's going to run outstanding. His jumps are going to be amazing. He's going to test like a freak. Uh, it seems like a lot of Penn State uh, players, a lot of Penn State prospects end up testing really well. Brandon Smith's not going to be the exception. Uh, but the biggest, bigger question with him is just mentally in terms of the way he sees the game. He needs to be able to see things quicker. He's too easily out-leveraged in the run game. Uh, you don't see fundamentals in terms of taking on blocks, and he spends too much time attached, uh, especially when you talk about climbing blocks or pullers and things like that. He just he, he plays too far uh, behind. He's not he's too reactive instead of anticipating what's happening and making those plays. And so, from a mental perspective, he's still growing, still developing. But from a front uh, a frame athleticism uh, standpoint, uh, off the charts, really really toolsy athlete. And I think that. That could end up getting him uh, into the top 100 just based on the on the things you can't coach with a team saying, hey, I'll bet on the athletic and size traits, and we'll coach up the rest and see what he can do. So Brandon Smith from Penn State uh, is going to be one of those really intriguing linebackers that uh, teams are going to be trying to figure out throughout the process. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to talk about some of the, uh, the, gym, the gym freaks in Indianapolis. Who you think is going to jump out of the gym? We just got a teaser, Brandon Smith out of Penn State. But let's wrap up with this, Dane. Let's say the Jets don't address linebacker day one or day two. Maybe they do, and they want to double down in day three. I just want a player that that you maybe think, maybe it's a guy you like in day three. Maybe it's a guy that you think deserves a little more attention. Maybe he's got a great name like JoJo Doman. I don't know. But for whatever reason, you want to bring him up in the day three conversation for the Jets. Who is, the, who is that player? Uh, how about Mike Rose from Iowa State, uh, who was a four-year starter uh, for Coach Campbell uh, over there in Ames, Iowa. Uh, has prototypical measurements. He's 6'3", 250. Uh, was going to be at the Senior Bowl. Unfortunately, he uh, had a minor injury in the bowl game uh, and was not able to suit up in the Senior Bowl. But this is a guy who played uh, that, that Sam linebacker uh, role, and uh, he can play in space. He can play downhill. Another guy had over 40 tackles for loss in his career. Um, I think, you know, the energy that he plays with uh, and, and you talk to the coaches about him and they say, hey, we just kept piling on stuff to his plate and he, he, he gets, kept eating, kept eating. It doesn't matter if it was Tuesday's practice, Wednesday's lift, Saturday's game. He's bringing it every single day. And so when you look at his resume, you look at uh, his ability to diagnose. Uh, he has some speed to him, at, especially at that size. Uh, I think that uh, Mike Rose in the fourth or fifth round is a type of linebacker you bring in and say, at the very least, he's going to find at home on special teams, and then we'll sprinkle sprinkle him in on the defense and see how he does. That's a great way to put a wrap on the linebacker preview here on NFL Draft Preview. We'll see what happens, right? There's a lot of time before the NFL Draft. Now we're really getting into the, into the thick of it, though. Starting off with linebackers, we'll be back next week. Not going to tell you what position. And then the combine just around the corner. So we we got a lot to discuss. We got some mock drafts coming out. There's a whole lot coming your way. And uh, do you have any final thoughts before it could be anything? Could be football, could be anything related before we wrap up here. No, I, I mean, I enjoy talking about these linebackers because, like I said, it's one of the best positions in this draft um, from a depth perspective uh, with the, the guys you can get in every single round. And I think there's, you know, a, a few of these positions wide receiver, pass rusher that uh, I'm going to be excited to talk about as well because there's so many names that we can, we can get to that I think would be fits with the Jets that are going to help make that team uh, better off uh, right away in 2022. So to, to put you on the spot, if there's one, a single linebacker that you like for the Jets, 
more than others? Is it Devin Lloyd just because of where they pick and where he may land up and what he does, or is it somebody else? It's got. I got to go with Devin Lloyd. I think he's the best linebacker in the draft. I think that you know he's not Micah Parsons, but seeing how Micah Parsons impacted the game in so many different ways, Devin Lloyd can can do that. Uh, you know he can blitz, he can play the run, he can drop in coverage, and I think he has the athletic traits and the smarts to do it. Like I said last year, as a Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, led the team in tackles, led the team in tackles for a loss, led the team in interceptions. He is all over the field. You would swear he wears that number zero jersey. You would swear there's three number zeros out there with the way that uh, he's all over the field. So for me, Devin Lloyd, uh, you know, with the way he would fit in that defense, the impact he is ready to make as a rookie in the NFL, I I love that fit for the Jets. All right. That's a great way to put a wrap on NFL draft. Preview the linebackers, preview here. And Dane, thanks a lot. And we'll talk to you next week. And I hope you enjoy the Super Bowl even though it's in the past. I hope you enjoyed. I just wanted to be clear for those who can't hear me. Enjoyed. uh, I know that the Super Bowl is not this week because it's behind us now. It's full draft, full steam ahead. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Ethan.